Hey guys, welcome back to Vertical Momentum. This is the second part of the PodQ series, Tuesdays with Trey. We're talking about business. We're talking about the seven pillars of business. We're also going to talk about SOPs. If you guys spend more than 32 seconds in the military, we know what an SOP is, but we're also going to talk about that. And what we talked about last week was a little bit subjective. We talked about clarity, but now we're actually going to get down to brass tacks and start telling you what to do step by step. Trey, welcome to the show, my brother. Absolutely, man. Thanks for having me back. I'm excited to be here. Oh, man, this is great. I love it. Um, I love talking about SOPs, and I love talking about the seven pillars of business. So let's hop straight into it. What are the seven pillars of business? So it doesn't really matter what business, what industry, or what it is your business does. There's seven pillars that make every everything run effectively. That's your marketing, your sales, your fulfillment, your retention, your finances, your hu- human resources and company culture. And then the one you hope you never need, but you have to cover the bases anyways, which is your legal department. So where do you start? What start just let's start with the first this is the first pillar. Let's go. So the first pillar is your marketing. That basically encompasses how you actually generate eyeballs and get people to opt in so you can generate a lead and get them to move into your actual sales process. Your sales process is going to be everything that triggers once you generate that lead. How do you actually run your sales calls? What follow-up sequences get triggered when they when they actually opt into something, what follow-up sequences get triggered when they actually book a call, does something get triggered when you send them a a proposal, and that's all the stuff that a lot of people never really think about. Once you actually make that sale, you have to start thinking about your fulfillment. How can you actually fulfill all of your services at the highest level so that you can do it most effectively, so that you as a business can actually make a profit and grow? but actually get good results for your clients at the same time. So that's why you have to make sure you have all of your SOPs and your processes like situated so that you can replicate your results and actually get that down to a science. Once you've secured that client, you have to have actual systems in place to retain that client, to get them to stay with you, to get them to move to a higher level. And to get them to move to that higher level, You have to have done all of the things before that the right way. There's a reason that I list those seven pillars in the order that I do. And then obviously your finances, if you don't manage, if you don't have processes in place to manage all of your money, you're never going to have effective cash flow. You're never going to know how much money you actually have. So you can't make, uh, you can't make confident investment decisions. You can't confidently invest in marketing services. You can't do all of the other things you'd like to do if you don't have your finances and reporting straight. And then once you're ready to start hiring, you have to have everything before the human resources and company culture dialed in. You need to know how your marketing departments ran. You need to know how your sales is ran, how everything gets fulfilled, what you do to what you do to retain those clients and then how that budget is managed so that you can actually turn that into human resource practices and start hiring people instilling that into your team and so on. And then obviously once you get to that growth phase, you're taking more clients, you're hiring a team, 
your legal department has to get more and more drastic because sadly in business, most of the time it's not if you're going to get sued, it's when because there's just people in this world that are always they're always looking for something to sue on. And you can avoid that by having straight contracts, making sure making sure everything's cut and dry, not making ridiculous guarantees. Cough, cough. A lot of people in the industry don't really follow through with a lot of the guarantees that they make. And pretty soon we're going to see a lot of uh, government crackdown on a lot of that stuff. So that's why all seven of those pillars ultimately have to get considered and how they all ultimately work together. But now the people that we're talking to uh, pretty much are brand new business owners. So where do they start learning about? Because when you're a brand new beginning business owner, you don't know half of the stuff we just talked about because you're just starting out. So where do you go to learn? So the most complicated part is everybody thinks they need to go somewhere and learn. And yes, you need to do that. But the first thing you need to do in my opinion, is make a spreadsheet, make a Trello board, pull out a journal, whatever medium it is that works for you, and literally just write marketing, sales, fulfillment, retention, finance, human resources and company culture, and legal across the top of whatever medium it is that you prefer. And then you need to actually start listing out all of the tasks that fall under each one of those pillars within your own business and what you would like to do. Once you have an idea of what needs to get completed, now you actually know what you need to go out and learn. It's not, you're not going to just be kind of flipping a coin and picking up random content and trying random things. You'll have at least an outline of, I need to accomplish these things. How can, go, how can I go out there and consume content that's going to help me accomplish these things progressively more effectively? So that's the strategy that I take. And then ultimately, I also don't really consume that much content. I have a habit of going out there and just finding people who are doing the thing that I need to learn how to do and interviewing them, building a relationship with them, figuring out how I can support them and then learning it right out of the horse's mouth instead of just learning the learning from the free content that a lot of people are putting out because something to keep in mind while you're educating yourself and consuming is especially as you're doing low ticket products and free and free things to educate yourself most of the time they're covering you the tip of the iceberg giving you kind of a 30,000 foot view but it lacks the actual action steps that will teach you how to do the thing and actually implement it for yourself effectively and you know i i totally agree because you know i've interviewed you and I've interviewed various seven, eight, nine figure earners. And they say, well, I'll give you free what I do, but you're going to have to pay me to tell you how I do it. So that's what you're talking about, right? Yep. And that is a, that is a common practice in the space. And I'm in the practice of, I'd rather just give my best information away so that people actually want to work with me, but that's really not a common ideology in the space right now. So you got to be careful what you're consuming. All right. So like I said, a lot of people that are watch the show, they're veter veterans or vet entrepreneurs. And like I said, if we spend more than 32 seconds in the military, 
we know what a SOP is for uh, for a battle or for uh, for a fight. But what is an SOP in business? So your SOPs are essentially your instruction manual for your business. And it's what allows somebody to step in, pick up the instructions. And even if they're not you, at least be able to fumble through that job. And that's how you, and ultimately I see it as an insurance policy. As a business owner, operations person, I see your SOPs as an, as your insurance policy, but essentially it's your instruction manual of how your business is run. And you want to break down every task that you have to complete in, in your business into as few steps as possible. So it's as cut and dry as it can be. And ultimately can be completed by anybody if it absolutely had to be. Okay. So now you've been around the block plenty, plenty of times. What are some of the things that you see new business owners struggle with or actually fail in either the seven pillars or the SOP process? The two biggest things that I see at every level of business um, the first one is going to be lack of SOPs. You would be surprised how people make it to that seven, sometimes even eight figure mark. And they don't have things documented because they were lucky enough to have a small team to get them there. And then somebody drops in that team, something dire happens, some something crappy comes up and that person can't be involved anymore. And then they go through this nightmare of trying to replace that person when if they had just had those documented SOPs, they could have picked up the slack and then much more easily hired that person. So the first thing that I see is a just a straight up lack of SOPs and lack of organization in that sense. And then the second is everybody thinks when I say that it's seven pillars that they all stand on their own, that they, that they all stand separately. And ultimately, what it is that those pillars are supporting the roof or whatever your business being the roof like those pillars cannot support that if they don't communicate if they're not connected if they're not interlocked like there's going to be a failure to communicate somewhere if you just have a complete separation between all of these pillars or if you break it down into corporate terms all of your departments where you have your marketing department, your sales department, your fulfillment department, and none of them are actually communicating with each other on what's going on. And then you just have a disconnect running throughout your business. And we see this from small businesses that are working on growth all the way up to the medical system where you walk into a hospital and one branch has no idea what the other branch is doing and you can't get a straight answer, answer from anybody. Okay, so then let me ask you, because being in the military for 23 years, I had my tank crew and then I had my platoon. And we found out that we're only we're only as good as our weakest link. So how do you build a power team? That all comes down to company culture. And ultimately, I think a lot of it happens in the interview process. Um, I've learned to do kind of a three phase interview. The first step, like typically for me, somebody has to be willing to actually send me a video. Most of the people that I want to work with us, 
they need to have some kind of understanding of marketing, some kind of understanding of sales. And having that understanding, you should be willing to send the video to sell yourself. So that is one of the ways that I kind of immediately figure out who's going to be a good cultural fit. Um, on the second front is I do just like a text interview. I figure out what's important to them. I learn a little bit, bit about who they are. I try to learn a little bit about how they operate. Doing the text, the text interview also allows me to see how they communicate in that medium. And then if I like their answers to the text questions, then I move them on to a video interview. And that video interview is mostly based upon if I actually like them as a person, if I think they're going to be a cultural fit, if I actually see that they have the strengths and weaknesses and personalities that are going to work with the rest of the team, et cetera. But I think a lot of building that team and culture comes down to the actual interview process and the way that you, and the way that you choose to lump, to lump people together. Okay. So now if, you know, if, if when I first started my business three years ago, I wish I would have had the seven pillars, uh, but I'm learning now, but I would have, when I first started, I was like, but wait a minute. It's just me, my podcast, and a microphone. I don't have a staff and all this stuff. So uh, how does a person that's a solopreneur start using the seven pillars if it's just them and they don't have anybody yet? Because what you track, you can optimize. And it's as simple as that. Once you start documenting your process, you'll actually be able to look at that documentation and say, hey, maybe this aspect wasn't as efficient as it could have been. I can improve this. I can improve this. And the purpose of your SOPs and the and, and returning to the seven pillars kind of evolves at scale. And initially, it's to hold you accountable and to help you make things progressively more efficient. And then it turns into a way for you to hire more effectively, train more effectively. And then that turns into how you then hold your team accountable as those standard operating procedures. So it definitely does evolve throughout your growth as an entrepreneur. All right. So now like, like my friend, Tim, my friend, Tim S. Grover wrote a book called Relentless. Um, and he said he has the 16 principles and they're all number one because they know that there's, you know, if one of them off, the other 15 are going to be off. So is that the same thing with the seven principles where not one is not more important than the other? Because even if one is in the middle, if that's off, all seven of them are going to be off? Um. So that's a complicated question that ultimately is a little bit subjective to the situation in your phase as an entrepreneur. I would say that in the first year in the first initial stint the most important thing is your marketing sales fulfillment and retention but i know that like my, my mentor dan who you've had on here would probably scream at me about that and say no you need a financial plan or you need a tax plan for the end of that year so that becomes a little bit subjective but i do believe that at the beginning of the entrepreneurial at the, at the beginning of the entrepreneurial journey, the marketing sales fulfillment and retention are the most important things because that's what's going to help you actually fund those reporting processes, those 
human resources and your team and those legal processes. Cause sadly, the first time you do it, unless you just, unless you're just lucky and have resources, you're probably not going to get your financial, your legal or your, hum, your, or your human resources plan. Right. So in my personal opinion, you have to be able to make the money and then feed those other things. But that's also coming from my biases as being me. And that leans into my strengths. My strengths are not the finances and legal. I'll be the first person to tell anybody that I'm damn near financially and legally illiterate. I'm just lucky to know the right people. I can ask questions. Okay. So then, you know, give us a couple of steps for the, for those, those first couple of steps. How do a person know what, how to market or how to brand themselves? Since we're going to break it down to the, to the minutia, the first two steps. Talk, talk the about first the first two, two steps. Yeah. The first step goes back to getting that clarity, which we talked about in the first episode. Um, I think there is a lot of power in figuring out your core values, mission statements, etc., because that's what's going to actually keep your message consistent. And then second is to just put yourself out there, be authentic and keep publishing the damn thing. Like the most important thing is to be consistent on social media. And what really matters is the relationships you build. So put less focus on the content you're putting out and just focus on putting yourself out there on a regular basis out at first. If you're uncomfortable, put yourself out there from the frame of, hey, who can I learn from? And you'll still build relationships and you'll still make sales. I love it. So talk to us next week. What are we going to dig deep into next week? Huh. I actually don't remember what we're going to cover next week, Richard. <laughs> See? That's the great thing about being live. Uh <laughs> I think that's, uh, you know, I, I think really digging into the seven pillars and I think that, you know, SOPs, I think that's a, it's where a lot of people fail. And I know that's something that I failed and I, I failed a lot on um, my, my things. I, I've been failing on the first three years was actually setting down and, and doing things, you know, on a chronological order, like knowing what I'm going to do at seven o'clock. Eight o'clock, nine o'clock. I think a lot of people fail is because we get so overwhelmed looking at seven pillars that we don't really know how to plan our day for success. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Absolutely, man. And everybody thinks that it's the big actions and like they skip over all the things that seem simple and small in their business, like that just those SOPs, that mission statement, that vision statement all the stuff that feels boring and like, I don't need that as one individual person. And it's very easy to skip over that. But why is it so easy for people to go out and read the compound effect or read atomic habits and believe that it's all these little things that make us who we are, but yet skip over all the basic little things that we have to do over and over again in our businesses. And they're like, nah, there's gotta be a magic bullet to business. That's the that's where I think people just kind of need to start making a shift and realize that there's not a magic bullet. Business is exactly the same as personal development. And it's all of these core things and then staying consistent to those core things. And it's really simplicity that scales as well. 
And you know, one thing I, I loved, and then we're going to be heading off, but one thing I really, I love that you talked about is when you said, well, I spend more time creating than I do consuming. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what changed my whole m- mindset is when I read the, um, the trilogy series and they talked about how you need, if you're going to be a business owner, you need to learn to be, start becoming a creator and not just consuming because you're, you're wasting a lot of time if you're just c- consuming social media. Absolutely. And it ultimately, if you spend too much time consuming, then it's an interesting thing that happens is the things that we know to be true can in a way kind of get tainted and twisted and misconstrued, even though we know them to be true just because we're consuming too much of the, of the wrong things as well. Okay. I love it. So tell me what's going on with the company, with the website we put finally put down below what's going on with you guys and how can we find and support your mission? Yeah, man. So at Social Marketing Solutions, what we specialize in is getting people featured in the media, Forbes, Entrepreneur, booking them on podcasts like this. But we give away some of our best tactics just on the socialmarketingsolutions.com website. If you go to treycarmichael.us, I have some of my best tactics available in my blog as well. And, you know, just connect with me, ask me questions, check out Under the Crown, and you know, we're here to help. I love it, guys. So make sure you're subscribing. Leave us a comment below if you're going to start using the, the seven pillars and talk and let us know about how using an SOP is helping your business. Check us out next Tuesday, same time, same channel, Tuesday with Trey, episode number three. We don't even know what we're going to be talking about next week. So it's going to be fun, exciting. And of course, you're going to learn how to manage your business. Trey, brother, have an amazing week. Keep kicking ass. You too, brother. All right, guys. Remember, vertical momentum, the only way to go is but up. And we will catch you next Tuesday on The Flip. Hey, guys. If you're enjoying our show, if you love what we're doing, if you would like to support us, we have a whole bunch of great stuff coming out. We have a brand new T-shirt line that's coming out. Hats coffee mugs, any kind of swag that lets your friends know that you support Vertical Momentum and you're always looking to get better. Also, we have our new coffee brand coming out. It's called Vertical Momentum Coffee. It's ass-kicking coffee, and, and it, will, it will get you moving in the morning. So, guys, if you're interested, go to www dot richard dot net check us out leave us a note tell us what you'd like and we'll actually send it to you the new website is being built so if you guys want to our book is out there on amazon it's called a hero's journey from darkness to light definitely check it out it talks about my story but it also talks about how to survive depression how to survive addiction All right, guys, I love you. Thank you so much for always supporting our mission, which is to save lives.